Hi, my name is Farron, and you're listening to Hungry for Apples podcast. Please follow me on Instagram, F-A-E-R-N, and check out my website, Farron.me. Grab an apple, enjoy the show. Hey, what's up? How's it going? Welcome back to Hungry for Apples. So what's new? How's it going out there? There's been a lot of atmospheric interference as usual for me, but what I'm noticing in the news or on social media, let's just say, is a lot of stuff, really, really unfortunate things happening in India right now. And I don't know that it's actually in the news and it's just caused me to, I don't know, really look at how things are playing out with this pandemic because here in California, I mean, I I guess we're behind a lot of the other states. A lot of the other states have already opened up and all of that. And here we are still in the process of doing that. That being said, there's a lot of vaccines happening and a lot of precautions, but our numbers here are fairly low in the state, right? And then you see what's happening in India and I'm sure other places and all of the uprising in Myanmar. It's just so sad. It's just, yeah, it's just one of those things where Of course, there have always been atrocities. I'm not trying to belittle any hardships or anything like that. It's just at some point, we all have to choose um, a focus and hope that our life doesn't, the, the life that we choose to lead doesn't create more atrocity. Yeah, it's a, it's, definitely strange. I mean, a very close friend of mine is afraid to take the vaccine because she has such bad allergies while most of the people around me have had a vaccine and are doing fine from what I can tell. I I do know that there's a lot going on with that and I know there are different vaccines and all of that. But I guess my point is that it's really hard to choose where to look sometimes. And this is why we have to be able to come home to ourselves. It's really the best option. And I understand that even that is very challenging for a lot of people. Some people are not in the position to be able to do that. But what does that even mean, right? When I say something like that, not in the position to do that. Well, It's actually a convoluted statement because if someone were in a situation that they needed to get out of, then taking action to make that happen for themselves or their children or them and their children or whatever the situation is, going through those steps is coming home to yourself, even though it's really hard. Often people think coming home to yourself is having time to meditate, having time to go for a swim or a hike or whatever it is that you do to relax. 
this is not the case. Spirituality or having a, a spiritual practice, living a, a consciousness-based life is a lot of work. In fact, it's probably more work and probably double the work of someone living your average lifestyle. And I mean average exactly how it sounds. And it's interesting because that work I'm talking about is all inner work, how we interact, how we go about our daily life and all of that. It's very interesting. And I think that it's only more work because there are in the past have been so few people trying to live a conscious life and then there's all these other people deciding what is a conscious life which is very religious based usually and now there's a big shift in that in that perspective which to me brings a lot of hope it brings a lot of hope for the future that people will be able to get along and interact, that there will be a shift in the way that we see the world around us so that the world around us can actually have a chance to change. These things are very big and heavy. And I think that's also why people struggle to have a spiritual practice or a consciousness practice it's because there is that heaviness that goes along with it. But from personal experience, I can tell you that heaviness comes and goes just like any emotion in our, in our life, just like any time frame, extra work happens. Do you know what I mean? These things shift and change. Often when things get really tough, they say the tough get going, right? Whatever that saying is. Um, I was starting to wonder if the tough are the ones that are running away, right? And the people, the more sensitive people, the ones that are staying and dealing with the emotions, they're, they're more tough, in my opinion. But that's besides the point. I guess my... Um, for this little bit of a ramble of an intro... <laughs> My point is, is that no matter how hard it looks, no matter how much struggle is going on out there, giving yourself an opportunity to come home to yourself, to you, is sometimes the most simple thing so it gets overlooked. And I can go into, you know, self-care practices and taking baths at the right time of day and drinking more water and getting up and meditating and all of that. But if you're doing that because someone else said it was the right thing to do and you never check in with yourself and your system and your body and your mind, then all that is is busy work in between you finding what it is you're actually working on. So the busy work isn't bad. I use that term a lot, and I think that people think that I'm saying that it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just easily repeatable. And sometimes we don't need to repeat. Sometimes the teacher tells us to repeat when we don't necessarily need to because they don't know the next step for us. 
just an example. So that being said, let's get on to today's topic. In the last episode, I shared about finding a path and how to choose one. The ideas revolved around the path of mind, the path of heart, and the path of energy. You'll want to hear that episode before you hear what I'm about to say. Today, I'd like to talk about the path of energy. Often people see this as the path for the energy-sensitive human. Now, this isn't necessarily incorrect, although it's not all that helpful or accurate for the energy-sensitive person. The path of energy has much more to do with physical energy than it does esoteric or mystical workings with energy involved. So, what am I saying here? Path of energy. We're talking about the energy within the body or the energy that is not within the body. So, think about it this way. There are some people that are more prone to be lethargic. That's a low energy. There are some people that are, what do they call it? High strung. This is a very high energy. Often these people don't know how to work with the opposite type of energy. And that would be extremely helpful. So if someone is prone to be lethargic and they figure out when that's valuable for them, this is also extremely helpful. Oftentimes with lethargy or, you know, someone that's technically perceived as being lazy, it's something that's been put on them at some point in time and they ran with it unintentionally. It's like, you know, you being, them being told they were lazy and they just kept on going with with that time frame and the slowness and that I guess I'll get it done. They don't think I'm going to get it done, so I might as well not get it done. It becomes this, like, this rewind of a past situation. Now, there's also medical reasons for some of this stuff, and I'm not really talking about those. If you have a doctor that you work with, with your energy level, having a physical practice is only going to help that. I've said this before on podcast, and I'm going to say it again. Don't let any spiritual guide or teacher tell you to go off of your medication without actually talking to your doctor about it. If you trusted your doctor when you took the medication on and into your system, then you need to trust them when you decide to go off of it. Just an aside. Because often when people think about energy, they think about adding or subtracting. So having an energy drink, having a coffee... Um, having, uh, I know a lot of people take sleep aids and stuff like that. Now there are times in our life where you need them. And then we become used to the action of taking that. If you have a physical practice that works with the fact that you have these things going on in your system, it starts to unwind the tightness around that being a habit. Now I'm not saying it's going to remove the habit because if your body has a, lethar- a lethargic energy to it, that doesn't really go away. 
you learn to work with it. You understand if you do certain things, it's going to cause you to be perceived as more lazy or you're going to have a really low blow of energy or whatever it is that your system is doing. Those are things that you learn by repeating a physical practice. This is one way of working with the path of energy. The other way of working with it is if you are a yoga practitioner and you have access to an Ayurvedic doctor, it's really helpful if you get an idea of what your dosha is. This is very specific. I'm not an Ayurvedic doctor. I don't practice Ayurveda, but that system specifically addresses this path of energy in a, a different way than I am. It's very specific with them and extremely helpful. So I just wanted to put that out there. So another way to work with the path of energy is with food and water starting to take notice of what you eat at certain times of day and taking very thorough notes. What am I eating? When am I eating it? How does it make me feel? That whole thing. And then with water specifically, it's just upping your intake and understanding that if you drink water past a certain time, you're going to get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. So if you have trouble sleeping, for example, and this affects your energy, then you need to add into your practice that you don't eat or drink after a certain time. You can experiment with that. It's not hard. It's just not what you want, usually. Usually, it is not going to go along with what you think that you want, okay? Just be aware of that. If you're used to having some kind of a nightly beverage and you have trouble sleeping, the chances are pretty high that that is affecting your sleep. Just throwing that out there. And that is part of path of energy. Now, the thing that's really cool about all of these different paths, and I mentioned this in the previous podcast, is that they overlap, they intertwine, they work with each other. So if we're talking about the path of energy and you can't quite figure out what to do about it for a certain zone then you're going to have to get into path of mind and figure it out the chances are pretty high if you can't figure something out and you move towards one of these other zones in the action of figuring that out you uh, you will get the answer to the previous question. It's very interesting the way these things work together and often unexpected. So the less rigid we are in choosing practices and noticing how they make us feel and so on, the better it will help us and the longer term we'll be able to sustain it. It'll be more sustainable. The one thing to keep in mind is often we gravitate towards the, the pathways that we actually need 
and we also gravitate towards the pathways that we want. They're not necessarily the same thing, and this is where it is very important that you start to tap into what we call discernment. Discernment doesn't have much to do with whether or not you like something, but if it's going to be beneficial. This is also has to do with the term resonance. Now often, in fact, pretty much everybody is using the term resonates instead of the term like. Now, the idea of some of you liking something is not part of consciousness and spiritual practice. It's just one of those things is you got to break that habit. It's not helping. It's like right and wrong. It just doesn't help. So with something like resonance, if something resonates with you, I resonate with that, right? It means that it's tapped into something important within you. Something that will bring forth some kind of expansion for your consciousness. That doesn't mean you're going to like that action. But the chances are pretty high that it's going to be helpful if you go through with it. There's a certain amount of emotional intelligence that is extremely important when trying to get into discernment. Now, this is why divination is so popular because people are not used to using their intuition or tapping into their intuition. So having some kind of divination or third party in there is often helpful. Whether or not you do it for yourself is up to you. I personally mostly do that for myself. I don't really do that for other people. And there are a lot of people that are like that. But there are also fabulous people that do all kinds of different readings and stuff like that that can be helpful for you. The thing that is important to understand is that person is in between you and the message and they have to kind of translate it. So if you don't actually vibe with the person doing the reading, you may not be able to understand them. And this has nothing to do with anybody having any kind of problem. It's just the way it works. So if sometime you get a reading from someone and it doesn't quite make sense, it's possible the vibration or the frequencies just didn't match up that great. And that doesn't mean that it was a bad reading just an just an aside there it doesn't mean it was a bad reading you might need to kind of get a translator for the translation but just make sure you trust the people that you go to but my point is is that's why divination is so popular it's because people are very confused about discernment and discernment is directly linked to intuition so if you're unsure and you don't know what your intuition is saying, the chances are pretty high that you need to kind of sit with that, do some journaling, stuff like that. In my personal experience, and pretty much everybody that I talk to that's highly intuitive, the intuitive answer comes really fast. It's like a snap, really quick. Anything coming after that has been kind of judged and worked and, and formulated by your mind. 
And that doesn't mean your mind and your ego are out to get you. It just means they're trying to protect you and guide you towards the thing they think is correct. But that's the deal. The thing they think is correct is not your intuition anymore. All of this, wrapping this up together, is the path of energy. So what's interesting about this is you can choose whatever route. I'll go over the other pathways in a future podcast. But you could choose whatever route and it will all overlap, intertwine with all of the other pathways, creating a nice little package. And that package is you and your, your history, your body, your energy, all of that. So no matter which way you're, you end up going, whatever you choose, you're not moving away from any of the other zones. Just keep that in mind. As usual, I'm very curious to know if you have any questions or comments or anything like that. The email, hungryforapplespodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Thank you again for being here. You are appreciated. Bye now. All right, that's our show for this week. Thanks for listening all the way through. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider a small donation over at patreon.com backslash Farron and feel free to reach out to me on Instagram, F-A-E-R-N. Or if you have any questions, check out my website, Farron.me. You can contact me there. You can see my class schedule and upcoming events. Again, you've been listening to Hungry for Apples with your host, Farron. I'm just feeling it out. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye.